What's up, guys? How are you? Happy Sunday. Welcome in to another episode of the Daily Juice Podcast with me, Matt Peralt. You guys can go and follow me across socials at Sports Talk Matt. This podcast being brought to you by OmahaSteaks.com. Anniversary sale going on right now, 50% off when you use the code JUICE in the search bar at OmahaSteaks.com. Okay, so a one and two night yesterday. We haven't done the math yet, so I'm not exactly sure where we are. I think we're pretty much flat for the week. So I think the whole week comes down to today, if my memory serves me correctly. But it might be off a little bit. might be up a unit, down a unit, not exactly positive. But we're right in that same striking range where if I think we have a winning Sunday, we should have a winning week. So we just watched the Jake Paul fight. It went pretty much how I thought it was going to go, although I did did think that Logan Paul, sorry, Logan Paul, that Jake Paul would potentially knock out or stop Nate, he's so durable, but those rabbit punches, I mean, there's such a difference between throwing a punch with a four ounce glove versus throwing a punch with a 10 ounce glove. You saw it. I mean, Nate normally gets cut up like crazy with four ounce gloves and the difference is just dramatic. I mean, I've never been hit by a four ounce glove, so I couldn't tell you. I can tell you the difference between a 16 ounce glove and a 10 ounce glove. I have been hit with a 16 and a 10. There is a pretty big difference, but I know from you know speaking to people who do MMA, the difference between a 10 ounce glove and a four ounce glove is absolutely dramatic. I mean, completely a different sport as you saw because Conor McGregor's punching power, not even, a, you know, didn't phase Mayweather at all. Nate's same thing. You know, these lefties who don't use their lower half, boxing is about your legs. Everyone thinks that boxers run like the Rocky steps and all that stuff, they run for cardio. And while that is true, cardio is significant. That's not why we run. I mean, I say we because I box, but I'm not really a boxer. But you run for your legs to be strong later in the rounds. It's not about, you know, your cardio is there, but realistically, boxing is start and stop. Running doesn't really help boxing. You're never going to run a marathon like, you know, boxing is all about your ability to recover after short three minute bursts. That's why you see boxers run stairs because you run up, your heart rate spikes dramatically and you have to find a way to contain that and to keep that at a certain level. It's frustrating to watch that and have that be called boxing. Somebody tweeted tonight that Jake Paul has elevated the sport of boxing. You can't take that away from him. Yes, I can. What Jake Paul has shown is that Americans will buy pretty much anything if they know the people involved and there's violence involved. Popularity on YouTube can lead towards your having a fight career. He's fought one professional boxer and Tommy Fury's not good and he lost. Okay, fighting these MMA guys, it's easy payday. He actually had the guts to say and the gall to say, I'm back. Back to what? Taking people's money? I mean, it's it's a sideshow. I love the sport, so I can't be too mad because he's not making boxer boxing better, but it is highlighting the sport so people can go watch good boxing. The same thing's going to happen, by the way. Tyson Fury against Francis Ngannou, it's going to be the same thing, okay? The same situation's going to happen. Ngannou hits incredibly hard. I'm not debating his ability to translate, but Fury knows how to box. He knows how to move, roll with the punches. His stamina is going to be different. MMA is 25 minutes, okay? A 10-round fight is 
30 minutes. Plus, it's start and stop. It's different. You can also grapple in MMA. If you're tired, you can go grapple. You can get your wind back. You can't do that in boxing. It's a different level of cardio, different level of experience needed. And all these MMA guys going over into boxing because if boxing is a bit, is a big payday, that's what I don't like. Okay, That's what bothers me. Congrats to Nate Diaz. He got a check. I think the same as Jake Paul as I did going into it. He's a YouTuber who is a young kid who's in shape, who can, who's shown you that you can learn how to, how to box. I mean, look, I learned how to box at 40. Okay. <laughs> boxing is the simplest of all of the combat sports disciplines. Boxing is the simplest. You can go in the gym and you can be fighting in a, in a, in a master's division fight in a year. I mean, it doesn't take long to pick it up. It's just hands placement. Now you can't learn quickness. You can't learn, you know, stamina and punching power. That's all stuff that's got to be naturally there, but you can learn the X's and O's of boxing really fast as Jake Paul has shown proper teaching, a work ethic, the time to do it on top of that gets you there. So I know it's a long rant. I just watched the fight. I'm furious about it. It's just very mad about how that is being shown, talked about as a positive for boxing. It's not a positive for boxing, okay? That's a positive for Jake Paul's bank account, I guess, and, and Nate Diaz's bank account. But there's no positive for the sport of boxing except that people might actually look out and search out good quality boxing matches. But again, if you're a name and you say, you know, I want to fight you, i.e. Mark Zuckerberg taking on Elon Musk, people know you, you talk, they want to see it, they'll pay for it simply because they know who you are. So turn YouTube popularity into an audience, and there you go. That's Jake Paul, not a boxing career. Again, 0-1 against a pro fighter, and Tommy Fury is not a good pro fighter, and he lost that fight to him. So Back to fighting washed up MMA guys, I guess, for Jake Paul. But don't buy the fight next time. Don't buy those fights. I mean, my God, I have to because of I work in this business. But yuck, not fun. Okay, so one and two yesterday. Let's go to what's now become the Sunday norm. We're betting NASCAR. We're betting NASCAR today, guys. And WNBA. I'm not betting baseball. Forget baseball. I'm taking the day off. Okay, gonna. You know, it's been a slow burn, been paper cuts here with baseball. This is the Michigan Raceway that I'm not going to say you're going to have fun watching this fight. Okay, we're watching this this race. It's going to kind of be like the fight. It's a long race. Last year, it led NASCAR in the longest 20 lap stretches of green flag racing. Okay. Michigan is a stretched out international speedway, super speedway without a lot of racing, not a lot of contact. Okay. These are long runs. You can get a big lead here. Okay. Your pit crew, your fuel management, your tire management are all very important here. Yes. Being a good driver is important too, but there are certain drivers who have done very well here and Ford has done very well here. Okay. Let me tell you how I'm going to be betting this. You know who I'm going to do a head-to-head with, right? It's Kevin Harvick, okay? Last two weeks, Kevin Harvick has cashed. Kevin Harvick is the defending winner, defending race champion here at Michigan. He has five wins in his last seven attempts. He's got six times he's come in the top two in his last eight starts on this two-mile track. Top five finish 
as well at other tracks similar. Three consecutive top five finishes on this season as well, two of which we've been on with on him with head-to-heads. Kyle Busch. Kyle Busch's odds are shorter to win this thing than Kevin Harvick. I got Kevin Harvick, and you can sprinkle on this. I got Kevin Harvick to win this race tonight at 25 to 1. It's a sprinkle. But Kevin Harvick has done really well at this track. Forts have done really, really well at this track. And we're going to sit here and say, what? (laughs) I mean, uh, some stats to know about. Toyota hasn't won at Michigan since 2015. Ford has been unbelievable here at this racetrack. They've been completely dominant. Fords have... 8-0 here over the last eight races since 2018. Ford has come in with four different drivers for Ford winning this thing. So what are we doing? We're going to bet Ford against everyone else. One, a Ford driver to win this race, plus 270. The Superbook, if you have it in your state, that's where I got that. Plus 270 on a Ford to win this race. I'm going full unit. Let's just have some fun here, okay? Full unit on this. It may blow up in my face. I may give back the two units I made betting NASCAR in the last two weeks. That's fine. I'm 2-0 betting NASCAR. If I go 0-2, we just give back what we've already made. So I'm, I'm betting with house money here. I'm going a Ford. Let's go 9-0 for Ford to win this plus 270 on a Ford vehicle to win at Michigan here for NASCAR. I found a wild head to head at the Superbook. You have the defending champ, a plus 160 dog to Kyle Bush, who is one for 34. Okay. He's not been great. He's had some success at this racetrack, but nothing like Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick, if he wins this race, clearly the head-to-head is going to cash. If he comes in on the top 10, it's going to be very interesting to see where it goes. But I don't think Kyle Busch is going to win this thing. He wrecked last year at this racetrack. And I get it at plus 160. Kevin Harvick, one unit, plus 160 in a head-to-head against Kyle Busch. Yes, please. Superbook has that. I'm jumping in on that. Let's see if Kevin Harvick can come in and cash again for us. That would be phenomenal if we're able to get that again. I like these heads-to-heads. If you're looking for somebody else potentially you want to go up against, you could do, if you can find it, the William Byron Head-to-head, we hit that uh, last week, right? Harvick over Byron. You can do it again if you can find a book that, I mean, Harvick is, I mean, Byron's been not, not done well at all here at Michigan. He's not been successful at all. So you might be able to fade that. But officially, one unit, Ford to win a race. This race, Michigan, the Firekeepers 400, Firekeepers Casino 400. We can't lose this thing, can we? My gosh, let's go. We're going to jump in here with Michigan, another Ford. Ford to win the thing. No Toyotas, plus 270, one unit. Next bet, Kevin Harvick, plus 160, one unit up against Kyle Busch, head-to-head in finishing position here. Again, I'm up two units, playing with house money. Let's have some fun here with NASCAR. Now, like I said, I'm bailing on baseball today. The biggest game of the day is in the WNBA. We have the Las Vegas Aces, only four and a half point favorites at the New York Liberty. They crushed the Liberty in Las Vegas in the one and only meeting so far this season. Vegas has won eight straight. They're 24 and two. Vegas kills people. They're averaging nearly 95 points per game. There are team totals potentially you could jump in with here if you would like. 
There's also a lot of say lack thereof for defense here for Vegas over the last couple of weeks. It's been an interesting situation to watch them because we I've bet their team total on certain games. I've bet their opponent's team total on certain, certain games. And it's not that they don't want to play defense. It's just that they don't play it all that aggressively because they get out to really big leads. This game's on ABC. This is a 3 p.m. Eastern time start. It's a noon Pacific time start. They get the big bird here, the big channel for this. And you've got two teams, Vegas averaging 94.4 points per game. New York averages 87.7 points per game. New York allows 81.4. Vegas allows 78.9. First matchup, 98 to 81 was the total in the game. Now, these teams have played similar competition, obviously, but Vegas defensively, I think may have a difficult time stopping the three point shooting for the Liberty Liberty are 21 and six on the year. They're the second seed right behind Vegas. They're 10 and four straight up at home. New York is averaging, like I said, about 87 points per game. Brianna Stewart's having an incredible season. She'll win the MVP. I mean, 22.7 points per game, 3.6 assists. New York shooting about 37% from behind the arc. They shoot really well from the free throw line. They are a team themselves defensively. They've, They've allowed 69, 79, 88, 84, 82 over their last five games. Vegas has allowed 72, 91, 95, 81, 63 over their last five games. Pace of play is going to matter a lot here in this game. And I think you have to, you have to really shop around. Okay. You have to find the best price for you on this game because certain books are going to put it up. Certain books are not certain books are going to be interested in putting things up like first half numbers. Other books will not. FanDuel is a pretty good book for this, okay? They've got a bunch of different options, a bunch of different things you can jump in with here on this. There is a first half winner bet available here, which is pretty interesting. The tie is plus 1,800. The liberty to leave a lead at the half is plus 135. Vegas to lead at the half is minus 170. Vegas is minus 215 on the money line here in this game. The total is 176 and a half. Okay. So the first game wound up at 179. So the books are anticipating kind of a similar situation. We're going to be right there. Here's the thing about the numbers. They've been dead on here with the aces. The books have the book have enough data on Vegas where they feel pretty good. This may come all the way down. I lean towards the Liberty, okay, plus four and a half. They're at home. This is a bigger game for them. And until Vegas is back to becoming 100%, and look, they're still very good with their four, the stud four players, but Candace Parker is still out. Until she comes back, if she comes back, I think the Liberty are still at home, and this is a super huge monster game for them. Not saying Vegas doesn't want it, but I think the better play is the over. Seven, 176 and a half. I don't think it's going to be easy, but I do think there's a chance here for this game to go over simply because the Liberty have been an over team. Uh, The aces are six and two to the over over the last eight games. Liberty have been playing games recently over four and one in the last five home games. I think it's safer to bet the over than it is to bet the dog. Normally it's dog and under. 
but I think it might be dogging over here in this game for these two. I'm going to bet the over 1.1 units, minus 110, 176 and a half, over 176 and a half for the Aces and the Liberty. Expect high flying. And look, you could bet the under here if you want to. I, I get the idea. You can say, Matt, wait a minute two top teams. It's going to be like a playoff game. They're going to knuckle down, bite down on their, on their mouthpieces and really get after it defensively. Yes. I, I can understand that principle, but I think the Liberty can shoot enough threes to force Vegas to open up. And if the threes are falling for the Liberty, the pace of play will open up. And then Vegas, I think has to go in, in an attack and if Vegas attacks, Vegas can score a hundred points. And if Vegas scores a hundred points, we're going over. Okay. So there's a key. If you want to look at like what bet to make the, uh, the team totals are not out at the moment for FanDuel. Normally they come out, I think day of, if the Vegas goal, if the Vegas aces team total is somewhere around, um, nine, 95, 95 and a half, 96. I would feel okay with betting the over, but it'll be right. It's going to be close. It's going to be right there. The first matchup, they scored 98. They average 94. So it could be around their average. I think Vegas does get close to that number, but it might be just a little bit short. So that's why I'm a little bit more concerned. I want to make sure that if it's like a, you know, a 90 to 85 type type of bait game, we're right there on the over. Now, obviously 90, 85 wouldn't get us there for the total. That's 175, but we're right there. You know what I mean? Like we're close to get there. So Vegas scores their average. They scored 95. It's 95, 90, and we're going over. So that's what I think this game is going to look like. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm betting the over aces in the Liberty over 176 and a half at minus 110. Okay. WNBA and NASCAR. Some of you whine when I do this. I don't care. Okay. Football will be here before we know it. And we won't bet this on Sundays. We're betting lots of football games. College football is rapidly approaching. We're three Saturdays away from the start of college football. Okay. So bear with us as we get through these next couple of weeks and we get ourselves right into football coming very soon. Some of you have asked, by the way, about NFL futures. Those are coming, but I don't bet them until after the second preseason game because I want to make sure we get through injuries. Okay. We've seen a litany of injuries across the league with star players getting hurt. Worries me about betting futures until we know for sure who's going to be on the field here for teams, get them through camp, get them through the first two preseason games. And then the third game's a joke. No one plays and we can bet it. Okay. So that's when I wait. That's when I'll fire here for the daily juice on some futures in the NFL. So stay tuned coming up for that in a little bit. All right. Ford to win the firekeepers casino 400 in Michigan plus 270. Kevin Harvick over Kyle Bush head to head in the race plus 160 one unit down in each of those bets. Over 176 and a half aces, Liberty, WNBA today, minus 110, 1.1 units down on that. 3.1 units in play on a Sunday. My name is Matt Peralta. You guys can follow me across social at Sports Talk Matt every single morning. It is the Daily Juice Podcast. I was being brought to you by OmahaSteaks.com. 